Um, hey, Parker. Yep. Um, Are we starting? Cool. Let's get going. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, we didn't do the intro. It's too late now. Okay, F1 at Bahrain. Let's talk <laughs> wait a about second, it. Wait a, wait a second. You said you want a quick part, episode. Eraser part, podcast <laughs> under 10 minutes. Let's go. Nobody I'm cares who you are. Man. You're AJ Anderson. That's Josh uh, Mendoza. Joshua Mendoza. <laughs> Did you forget my name? <laughs> no. We've only and, been doing this for 15 weeks. And uh, I just want everyone to know because I can't stand a podcast where they don't introduce themselves. And then you never know who the other person is. For the entirety, and you're trying to be like, who is that other person? And you don't know, and it makes drives me insane. So I you, really you like know. that. In a podcast. This could be the first episode that someone listens or watches, and if they're watching, I'm assuming well, they know who we are because our face. Josh, what are you but... drinking? <laughs> it's a snapple. snapple. That's not. Uh, I just rowdy. had, those... I just had How this. How get a rowdy sponsor? yesterday? Real my, fact. My girlfriend number. got one. It was first time I'd had one in a while. A rowdy. Or a Snapple. No, Snapple. Yeah. Why are their bottles one? plastic? I because I don't know. They, they don't want to spend glass. money on on glass. But the Statue That's of Liberty. Did you know the Statue of Liberty wears size eight hundred and seventy nine sandals? Mm, That's a good fact. Yeah, mm. it's true. It's true. That's your Snapple is, fact for today's podcast. That's, that's true. Funny, to be honest. All right, boys. All right. Let's jump into it. Let's get a huge racing weekend. Absolutely Should we go in order? massive. Well, I did. I made it in order. I think the biggest news, as you put it out there at the beginning, F1 Bahrain day uh, season start. I was looking for a cool word, but that wasn't what I was coming up with. Season uh, opener. Season opener. That's what I was looking for. Damn, I knew it was out there. <laughs> uh, oh my God. Lots of questions after testing new cars, the 2022 regulations. Huge wheels. Um, it looked like the you know Kevin Magnuson back on the grid. Haas saying they put all their effort into the 2022 car, not the 2021 car. You had uh, obviously Lewis Hamilton coming back from his social media break in the off season. Lots of storylines. And what did we get, guys? I think something I would we expected or didn't expect. I I mean. I'm excited. I, I think it was unexpected just how racy some of those cars were. Um, I think there were a lot of things that you weren't sure were sandbagging versus um, cars were actually performing at that level. And I would say by far some of the most unexpected things are where some of the teams ended up on the totem pole after the um, after the fact. You know, some people swap positions. I namely Haas and McLaren, I feel like really were the two major inversions <laughs> of the yep. of the season Absolutely. so far. Literally. So, like almost exact. Inverted. Yeah. <laughs> I think the biggest impressions I got from it were uh the McLaren and Haas thing, and also from like fifth on back, the field was very close for the most part. The which whole you mentioned. Yeah, so if you were a part of F1 Breakfast, which if you're listening to this podcast or watching it, I hope you were, uh, we had about, what, 20, 30 of us in there at one point, which was cool, Mm -hmm. all watching the race, uh, talking about it. But one of the things, AJ, you mentioned, the racing in the midfield was really close. Like, the cars could stay really close together. Yeah. It was, was, at some point in the race, I was like, 
man, where's everybody lined up? It looks like it's getting pretty spread out. And then they did one camera shot down the front. I just spit everywhere. Okay. <laughs> that was gross. Can we cut that out? <laughs> nope. That's <laughs> staying in there, bud. <laughs> they, they did a camera shot down the front stretch of Bahrain. And like literally the whole field was in that shot, like on lap 20. So yeah, yeah. that's true. It's so, pretty close. I agree with you. And I think the racing was positive in that sense. Obviously you had Leclerc and uh, Verstappen at the Verstappen. front. We had some pretty, pretty awesome lunges at each other and, and were able to pass and repass, which I don't think we've ever seen from one, like getting past that, not just DRS repassing. It was like an entirely pa- another pass to a corner uh, through the outside of turn four at Bahrain, which has become a pretty handy passing spot after Lando Norris found it last year. Um, and I, I thought that was great. Now, if I had to find a negative, maybe something I don't even know is a negative yet, but I will say, Oh, here we go. It is oh, something that caught my eye because we can't all just be, you know, fluffy. No, it was great. It was an awesome race. It was shut an awesome up race. about it. You literally the tweeted cars, about it. The cars look lethargic. They look, they look the inhibited, only... slow. They look, they look, uh, it's, they it's look almost, like they're, they're, they're not fast. It's it's almost like that's the whole idea of the new design, you know, philosophy okay. that it's all based I, off of ground effect, and you yeah, lose that when you're going slower. Well, Sue, so I get that, but my point—I don't think that is. Well, I don't. I don't think you know what I mean because just going slow to slow corners is not what I mean because Formula One cars have always been slow through slow corners. That's always that's a fact. They're very stiff. They're set. They're not set up for that sort of thing. They're set up for high downforce, high speed. What I the reason I noticed was I was I've been watching these F1 year in reviews, season reviews that I love from back in the early 2000s. Go watch those cars. They were oh yeah, tiny, they're flicky and 900 fast. horsepower, thousand pound, tiny little cars that like even up to 09. Go watch Jensen Button in the Braun GP making a pass at Bahrain, and he's he's locking up the rears and he's he's moving his hands all the place, and the cars jump around and skidding all over the place. And I'm just like, wait a second. I'm watching the same racetrack and their hands aren't moving. And in the old car, before this car, I felt like in the last two, three years, we started to see a lot more dynamicism out of the cars. They're moving more. The guys are fighting more. I don't feel like, I know it's early, but this car, the one thing that worried me, and this will, this is the same thing that happened to COT and NASCAR. You lost the cars being dynamic. And then within a very short period of time, it doesn't matter how good the racing is. Someone's going to say, wait a second, these aren't fun to watch. And you're going to, you just okay. mark my words. Mark my words. I they don't figure this out. One million percent disagree with everything you just said. Because okay. I watched every practice. I watched qualifying. How many times with the car last year did you see somebody their rear end kick out and they were able to like drive out of a slide? Well, they did in low speed either, corners. They either twitch it back into position. It, yep. it never happened. You never see the rear end catch out because the cars had so much downforce and grip that it would never happen. This one, mm-hmm. I saw Lando Norris, I still need to send it to you, had an incredible save in pra- practice three, I think. That okay. I want to see would it. Never get, to me. You would never get with the old car. He would have spun out with if, the old car. Actually, he would have never got I wanna, loose in the first place with the old car. Okay, I want our listeners. Garbage. I want our listeners out there <laughs> to find me some comparison videos because I know it's being made. The internet doesn't get, you know, let this stuff go. Some YouTuber, TikToker, or someone is is putting these side-by-side comparisons together. I want to see early 2000s, 
I want to see mid 2000s. I want to see the old car and I want to see the new car all together. One pull lap. See how much hand movement in each one. That will tell you all I need. I agree. It's not going to be as crazy as like the 1990s or early 2000s. Well, I agree. You gotta, but, you know. but you got to have the mix because you got to have. I think Formula, we do. I Formula think we have more of a mix than we did with the last car. Yes, because Formula One is it's awesome when it's the absolute top. It's got to be like you got to know these drivers are driving something. Even if they are super fast, you got to know and see it. When I was standing down at turn one at Sebring uh, this past weekend, Sebring 12 hour. I watched those LMP cars go through there. Every time I knew they were committed to the corner and having to work through those things. So anyway, um, did you see any of the, did you, did you see it? Lewis, did you see the Mercedes cars in the slow corners? Mm, How much oversteer? How much oversteer the Mercedes were getting in the slow speed corners? Hamilton came out and said that he thinks the only place that their car is good at at any point on the track is high speed turns and everywhere else they suck. Yeah, they were having having a handful all weekend Mm. in any of the slow speed corners. And rumor has it they're going to have a massive tech upgrade at Imola, which I'm not sure what round that is. But when was the last time you heard an F1 driver complain about their car being hard to drive, Parker? Uh, Well, all the time. (laughs) <laughs> like every year no any no ask anyone who's not in the top three cars how hard that car is to drive they'll tell you how hard it is to drive go back and watch arrows drivers like max verstappen's dad yas verstappen in the in arrows in 01 his hands are like swatting flies on a qualifying lap and he looks like he's gonna die i'm not disagreeing day. with you i'm just saying <laughs> and he's we're closer to that face. we're closer to that than we were five years ago I don't know. I don't know if I agree, but we'll see. We'll see. It's too early to tell. I just want to put it out there. I'm putting it. I want want comparisons. I want to know, but I'm just a little worried. I did think the cool thing was how close they could race together. That's all I'm saying. We spent 10 minutes on this one topic. Yeah. And I'm pretty upset. And if you make me mad one more time, I'm just going to leave. Okay. Okay. (laughs) We got to talk about Red Bull. The absolute destruction of of Red Bull engines and motorsports just in general. Well, we don't know if it's an engine thing, do we? Well, we know that Pierre Gasly ended up on fire. We know that Max Verstappen had some sort of major issue with p- the power steering, which might be related to a, a bent tow bar or something like that. And then we know Sergio Perez just, I don't even know what happened. He just died in the it last up. lap. It locked it up. Just, oh, and yeah. Max, Max's as well died. Yeah. Well, yeah, his died as well. So as it, as it seems right now, Yuki Tsunoda is the best Red Bull racing driver there is. He knows how to perform and finish a race. So <laughs> there you go. That's uh, what we learned. I mean, this isn't uncommon from Red Bull. Yeah, I've seen this before. They, a couple years ago, times. they had the same thing where like, they had multiple races where neither of their cars finished because of reliability issues. And how about the fact that it, they, it died? Like they both died within... I don't know, three laps of each other. That's probably a good sign, to be honest. the end of the race. Like, they're so close for the reliability. But it's terrifying that it happened like that. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what it is. But a lot of times that sort of thing is like a fuel pickup issue or something. Like, it's going to turn out to be a stupid part. You know, if they both combusted in flames, like, you know, throwing the rod through the (laughs) bottom of the block, like Pierre Gasly's, you know, sort of tried to do. But like we used to see back in the day where they, you know, they spin a rod and suddenly the thing is detonating on the front stretch. They didn't do that. I, I think when I look at those issues, a lot of times this reminds me of 
it always reminds me of the time at Penske in 2012 when we had the fuel pickup issues with the fuel injection. And we had these, we could not figure it out. And the cars were dying at the same point in the races. Could not figure it out. And then we went to do this test at Nashville and we spent all day there. And I'll never forget the Travis Geisler turning me and saying, you remember seeing that, that moment in Apollo 13 where they're like, hey, here's all the stuff we have. We got to make these people be able to breathe. That's yes, where we are in this yes, race the, car. The, the, fitting yeah. the square filter into the round hole. Square, yeah, exactly. He was like, that is us right now in Nashville. And we will not leave here until these cars are able to run a whole race. And we end up finding out it was the stuff we were using to uh, lubricate the uh, fuel probe was balling up and clogging wow. injectors. My point in saying wow. that story was it stuff like that. When you see yeah, small two stuff. race cars do the same thing, it's something stupid like that. So I, uh, I, I tend to believe that they'll probably fix that pretty quickly. Well, no, the thing is, is there's a cost cap in how much testing time they can do to sort of identify those issues, right? Yeah, but they have such great systems in place these days that like you'll they'll dissect all that stuff and pretty much I'm sure you know one of my favorite issues already things is one of my favorite quotes. It's not even a quote. It's 2012 or maybe even 2011. Jeff Gordon, his throttle got stuck at Chicagoland. Oh dear! And he hit the wall. Yeah, and it was a three dollars spring that broke. And there were a bunch of other broadcasts that you could work a whole season investing millions of dollars in like a three dollar part can be what ruined your whole season. There's so many stories from back in the day of like Lamal 24 hours, like the Porsche 917 or GT40 dying on the front stretch, you know, two hours before the finish. And it was like a 25 cent O-ring that failed. And it's like, damn it. (laughs) Like that's the one stupid thing that failed on this thing. We spent bajillions to be here. So it's always, and that's the same with rockets. So it always gets you yep. cheap parts. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so I was looking at fantasy here. Um, speaking of lethargic, let's talk about. Wait a AJ's second. Hold on. That's later, in, that's later in the deal. Yeah. Why are you jumping ahead? I still got We're F1 talking. I want to talk about. Well, yeah. this is still F1. I'm talking no, no. about F1 whole fantasy. fantasy category. We fantasy do since when? A segment later in the show. We just added it. because we're killing it. Oh, my gosh. The last this is why we use this is why we use the document. It's not on the document. <laughs> this is we have documents for a reason. Bureaucracy works. <laughs> AJ, why does your screen keep going black? Because I, I'm I'm switching to Discord to see what okay. my, it's on my list because I want to talk about something. Okay. All right. <laughs> okay. Fine. Go in. Your next thing. Yes. How's that? Get to your next topic. <laughs> Apparently, I am excluded from talking about fantasy until the designated time. Uh, Ferrari, the fastest and best looking car. Thoughts? Yep. Agreed. Okay. Next topic. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, let's. Um, on that note, the Ferrari engine is certainly showing its power because all of the Ferrari powered vehicles are doing really well. Five, I think five out of the six Ferraris perform or finished in the points with the exclusive of, of Mick Schumacher, who probably would have invested on Ocon wouldn't have just sent him for a little twirl on lap one. So that was pretty yep. sick. Yep. That was incredible. I mean, it was lucky uh, as hell that he saved it, but skill too. And maybe Ferrari this time isn't cheating to get that power. I, I made well, the, sorry, we'll that wasn't cheating. Sorry, it, I, it, it, that's right. That's right. We, they, they were completely messing with the electronics of the engine, but no, that's not cheating. Never mind. Don't yeah, just yeah, I mean, 
there, we're we're waiting for we're waiting for the balance of power update to come out in somewhere yeah. around round eight, and then everyone's back on the same performance level. <laughs> uh, what Next else time. we got here? Mercedes kind of meh. Uh, yeah, they got, they got straight up passed by Haas early on in the race. Lewis did, I, I think. It. I expected it. Um, I think you saw it in testing. Yeah. You can always tell from how they talk. Yeah. You saw it pretty easily. And I, I love my well. buddy. Yeah, my buddy texted me about that deal, you know, where they have the super slim side pods, the side pod delete. And Whose idea was that? They, well, I mean, the thing is, he goes, oh, my God, they'll lap the field. And I said, no, 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 no. In Formula One, this is not how it works. I was like – you just because it looks like it will be fast does not mean it's fast. And just because you, you know, you think it's going to be better than everything else. Often it comes with a repercussion and I assume their repercussion is multifaceted. But, uh, I saw this exact same thing with McLaren, as I mentioned back in the early two thousands with the MP four, six, 17 or 18 B 18. And then the 18 B and they tried this exact same thing. And it was a total disaster. So just saying, I was maybe not. Is this, them. is this a <laughs> is this a fault of the side pods though? I honestly think it's a suspension. They they can't figure out their suspension well, package in order package. to keep downforce. Oh, it's all package. But you don't have, we'll never. Know. I don't think they know. But I just all my only thing is when you go that extreme, I have very seldom in my time of watching from one seen a very extreme car be excessively faster than everything else. If that makes sense, often you mm-hmm. see. The cars competing for the championship have very little differences. They've somehow centered around the same thing. They haven't done anything that's uh, like, it's very yeah, visibly they're taking crazy. Pictures of each other's cars and stuff. Yeah, but it's never visibly right. crazy. Like the Mercedes W12 was a dominant race car. It did not look visibly crazy. It did not look visibly massively different than the Red Bull, right? Like so, like that is when you go crazy. Often, for one, that doesn't always pay off. So, I know that does that's antidotal, and you know there's some person out there is like well if you look at the numbers here well well but i'm just saying from the outside visually not actual cfd and all that stuff i very right. it's very seldom if i want me to see this sort of thing really work out i we'll see i was expecting the mercedes to be fast down the straights because of yeah. their no side pods and they weren't really, really well really i don't think fast. they have the same i think ferrari showed up and slapped a yeah that could be true yeah slapped so um sort of the field with that big power it, so there is, I mean, what what are the other teams that are powered by Mercedes? You obviously have Williams. Is there any other yep. Mercedes customers? I think McLaren is Aston now, Martin. Right? Aston Martin. Aston Martin. Okay, so literally Aston Martin, McLaren, and Williams were, it looks like, six out of the last seven spots. Yeah. Uh, in terms yeah, it's not of going well. relative lap times, this, that's so how it's always been. The Mercedes, like, uh, like customer cars are always at the back. No, degree, this, I is, feel this like. is this well, is really garbage. This is look, obviously like Ferrari that. showed up with something way better. Yeah. Red Bull obviously stayed status quo power wise, but something broke. And then Renault mm-hmm. was Renault, Alpine. Sorry, Alpine. Yeah, oh, it, Alpine. they were just kind of they were kind just kind of there. There's something definitely there. Um, how about signs? I think signs is good, but Maybe. he he came <laughs> out and said, said that. <laughs> what did you say? What did you think I said? Signs, signs. It's signs, signs, not signs, not signs, signs, signs. Okay, I'm just gonna move on because <laughs> uh, you clearly know who I am referring to. Um, <laughs> it, I I'm just going to say. 
how difficult must it be to be in the fastest car and being outbeaten by a teammate who's in an identical equipment? Like that's got to, well, you know, well, that's got to screw with your head because he's always been a he's always been the number one driver of whatever team he's at. So, I mean, I think, now to be the slower driver, that's got to affect with your head. Well, you also have that's traction how it was last year too, right? And Charles and Charles he, there is great at Bahrain, so he'd already been really fast there before. So I wouldn't. I would say if we're six races in the season and it's a five to one sort of thing, or five or six zero, outpacing qualifying, then yeah, you it's get like worried. a it's like a Max Verstappen, yeah. you know, or Gasly kind of thing. Yeah, Got Lando it. Norris and uh, Ricciardo last year, you know, that sort of situation. If it's that, yeah, for you're, sure. You're then you're worried, but. First race, wouldn't worry about it. As long as you're within podium position of your guy winning all day long. Good. Mm-hmm. Uh, Absolutely. McLaren, the new Haas. Yes. McLaren is the new Haas <laughs> they, this year. They sadly are. and They have some serious work to do. And I would not want to have been in their Monday morning meetings. Or two. Well, I would have liked no. to because that'd be so cool. But um, <laughs> I mean, I is, this a, yeah. is this a case of throw it all away. We're not even going to try this year. We're coming back in 2023 with a new car. You don't oh, make that choice at least till probably five races in till you get back to Europe. So what do we have? What's the schedule? Cause you mentioned Imola for the Mercedes upgrade. And the big part of that is normally when we get back to Europe from the, from the East. Oh, let me, let me see. I forgot uh, to mention in practice and qualifying, I think Alfa Romeo Williams and maybe another team, they replaced, uh, gearboxes or parts mm. of their power unit and i think you only Emma, get like three this year yeah before you really take a penalty and they already took one before the first race well it Emma can't be is, is go ahead sorry Emma is round four just to answer your question yeah so oh, nice. that's where it goes so we go bahrain jetta and then what australia uh yeah, yeah so we bahrain jetta australia so yeah you can't because of the logistics of it all and the people on the road and the whole thing, this is like a big one of the most fascinating parts of Formula One is that Formula One is that uh, you have to sort of time those upgrades also in, you know, in connection to where your people are and where the logistics of where the cars are and where you're racing. And it's a huge logistical nightmare on top of all that. So often back in the day, especially like since we've been doing this Middle East stuff and starting in Australia, it would be like, hey, our first, because you used to go Australia, Malaysia, and then you would, and then one more, and then you would get and to. Bahrain. Yeah, it was like something like that. And that would be like the first upgrade. So like, I think because Imola is obviously European based, that's going to be their first big major upgrade. So for McLaren, they're going to be in, you know, code, you know, DEFCON 1 um and trying to come up with stuff probably by australia and getting it shipped there and it's gonna be crazy um you know but if you're mercedes and it's a large enough upgrade you know you might wait till imla to make sure it's right or you one car well, gets it how one doesn't sort of thing with the cost cap how it's gonna work this year too no. yeah that's a good point actually i don't know how that all works in so that could be a big part of it too no. shipping you know i don't know how shipping is even like are you is that part of the cost cap like can you Somebody's be like, no, ship some new wings down to Australia. And it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. That's a $150,000 shipping bill. We ain't doing that. Can't do that this time. Yeah. So I don't know. We'll have to look into that. Somebody um, out there listening, we move let on? us know. So should we should we move on to uh, move on. NASCAR? Oh, well, if we're done with from one, uh, just want to say oh. uh, we got F1 breakfast back this next weekend. So join us. Should be fun. And be sure to join the I'm gonna I'm gonna plug it. We're gonna yeah, we'll talk, talk about, about it later. later. 
the be sure to join the fantasy league for formula one eraser.gg forward slash f1 hyphen fantasy will take you right to our fantasy league you can register for that and join and be a part of it if you're already registered uh with another league or something like that you can always use the same entry and join in and not lose any points it sounds like so and we hopefully will have prizes for all this fancy stuff we're doing soon but we'll talk about that at the end of the episode um bring us to the next thing aj Guess we should talk about the uh, the the truck race? Question mark. Well, I think sure. just Atlanta in general. Let's just talk Atlanta. Yeah. I mean, crazy. I mean, they're all kind so, of the same. To be honest. Yeah, we get this repave. Twenty eight degrees of banking all the way through. They put this line down arbitrarily, <laughs> like above the apron. Uh, it's you know we all thought this was going to be a super speedway esque race. The rule, you know, the engines were set to super speedway power, uh, and sure enough. All three races were super speedways. Uh, trucks probably being the most, the worst, but you know they all ran a line basically. Yeah. Xfinity being crazy, and then the cup race, race was just epic. being, yeah, Xfinity race was epic. Top five for the boy, woo! Landon Castle. Yep. Uh, Landon. Proud of is that his first Shout one out. of the year? Yep. First, first one, one since Tesla. First, first, took, uh, first, he took first of thirty. Castle. Yes. Just put it out there. Yes. He took the Castle children to have ice cream. I heard, or what was yeah. it? What were, what did they end up having? So, Shirley oh, it's like some, right? yeah, it's like uh, I don't know. It must be some weird Iowa thing. I don't know. Well, either well, way, it, <laughs> yes, that was a crazy race. Um, and then the Cup race happened, which was the longest race in the planet, uh, ever since the start of racing happened. Um. Mm-hmm. And also was absolutely. It beats insane. the 24, 24 hour Le Mans. No, yeah, it was the first ever thirty six hour event um, yeah. race, and that was it's what I expected. You know, this side by side super speedway s racing. I didn't expect everyone to race so hard the entire time, but they did. Um, I thought at some point it would have gotten up to you know the top kind of truck style and like rode in a line, but they just raced and raced hard and tore stuff up. And I, yeah, I think this is great because it's the first time we've seen this work in this fashion that, you know, NASCAR has been working towards for years. But I think we now, if we go to Atlanta twice, we have six super speedways. We've hit the cap. That's it. No more of this, unless it naturally happens. Unless we go to Vegas and it's super cloudy one day and there's a ton of grip and we end up racing like that. I hope not. But... Yeah, but my thing is we're not bringing IRL 2.0 out there. And super speedway racing is unique to NASCAR. You know, the big thing is one of the, the, the things that, you know, has caused a lot of this is that if you look from a pure uh, economic standpoint, the most valuable races in all of NASCAR are the super speedways. They're the easiest to sell tickets to. They have the highest ratings. They're the easiest to sell sponsorship. And obviously, they give you the biggest parity of cars finishing position-wise, right? So Absolutely. If you look at it a pure number standpoint, you're like, well, God, we should just race those all 36 weeks. What are we doing? That would obviously not be a very entertaining series. Plus, everyone will lose their minds. Um, I think it's, but it is a unique selling point to NASCAR. So we need to super speedway race. We will super speedway race at Talladega and Daytona until the end of NASCAR, the end of time. Adding this one in is cool because I don't think it will be there forever either. I think this track will eventually wear out and that will get different. But I, uh, I'm a fan. But no more than this. That's where I'm leaving it. Um, my opinion, they missed the mark. Go. Okay. Why? I think I think they 28 degrees of baking was not enough. 
I feel like you needed more banking in there to open up more availability of lane choices throughout the throughout there. And I think they needed to make the track wider. I felt it was too easy to get single file. Now, granted, they do do that at Daytona and Talladega, but I just felt like the track was too narrow for um, a one and a half mile. You want to have a super speedway, it needs to have higher banking. I I was saying 31 or 33, not 28 degrees of baking. Um, and that's just my opinion. I just think that they need to put more banking into there if you really want to make it a super speedway. Uh, that's going to last as long as they, they hope to probably make it last. So that's my opinion. I also think the race was abhorrently too long. It was, <laughs> it, it, it really could have been half the distance and yeah. we, everyone would have been happy. It's not a crown jewel race. It will, it will never be a crown jewel race. How long was that? Was Ooh. that, was that a four and a half hour race? I think it, so. They honestly, probably, what does it I, say I think I took time? two or three naps during the race I did and take I woke a nap. up. I will admit I took a nap. I think. At one point, I looked over at my clock, and we were, it was two and a half hours since the green flag started, and we were just getting to halfway. So, yeah. Wow. And this, that, the th- third stage went a little bit quicker, despite the crashes, I think. Let's find I, out. I so, know now. I, I, now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to present to you an idea, and well, hear me out on this. Three hours I and think 57 every, minutes, by the way. Wow. Uh, that's yeah, wow. ridiculous. Um, <laughs> so, uh, rather than... Uh, so. For all but crown jewel races, every race reduced the race length by 30 to 50%. Um, that way, qualifying is more important because you have less time to come and go through the field. Uh, and it makes it takes a little bit of that F1 side of making qualifying important because you are only going to have so many opportunities to get to a good position and reduce the amount of time people need to commit on a Sunday. Everyone already complains about 3 p.m. start times because they still want to have time at the end of the day to go do stuff. So if they're not willing to move the start times forward, reduce the length, race lengths. So you're One not of the there. worst decisions in NASCAR history is making the races start at 3 p.m. I personally like it because I, I don't want to get up it. at 9 a.m. to watch NASCAR races. Nobody is going to live it. on the West Coast. I Nobody's like making you late. live on the East Coast. I like the late times. Uh, you know, if I'm home it produces Sunday? more for okay. the country. <laughs> okay, we're not getting into <laughs> politics, AJ. Yeah, Parker, go ahead. I like the late start times. One, because if I'm home, I can go do something in the morning, midday, you know, whatever, and then by the end of the day, it's like, oh, NASCAR's on. Awesome. Um, if I'm there to track and I'm working it, not as cool, can't leave Sunday night, can't get home Sunday night. Um, but I don't mind because I know the intention is to have higher TV ratings. More people are on t- you know, watching TV at that time, that sort of thing. So I, I get it. Right. I get it's good for the sport. Um, I don't really have a huge opinion either way though, because my life I'm awkward, you know, obviously my life revolves around weekends. And so, you know, I've always been on this schedule. So to me, it's not a difference if it starts at one o'clock or three 30, like I just don't care. But I do like you know, personally if I am home having that ability to do things in the morning, midday, you know, go play golf in the morning, I don't know, whatever, and then be able to watch NASCAR later. I like that. My opinion of the Atlanta race. Okay. Truck race. The first two stages of the truck race were pretty good. Like they're racing side by side for a majority of it. 
third stage, they were like, yeah, we're just going to run single file YOLO. Mm -hmm. But how, honestly, how different is that to Daytona and Talladega? They usually get aligned with those two, but everybody's complaining about it. I don't know why. Yeah. Uh, Xfinity race is amazing. Perfect length. It was crazy and wild. There are people doing crazy blocks and doing all sorts of crazy stuff. Should we Uh, add that's your favorite series? It's by far the best racing series uh, in NASCAR uh, and possibly the whole world. Uh, Cup race was pretty good as well. Uh, other than it was way too long. I was worried mm-hmm. because there's there were problems at Daytona where the drivers on the bottom lane, their like, motors were getting bogged down. Yeah, And I was worried, oh, they're just going to run the top of the Atlantic. It's, it's, even, almost, it's even sharper than the Daytona. E- it's almost like having more banking would have resolved that. I feel like it'd make it worse. Well, no, I don't think it, I don't think, I think, I, I, I agree with you, AJ. I thought that was going to happen. It didn't. I mean, the bottom was so yeah, it didn't powerful. at all. They were both they really raced. good. They raced like yeah. hell. I mean, that was crazy. I mean, you just couldn't have scripted, you know, the, the ability to make them race like that. Like that, mm-hmm. that is what NASCAR has been trying to make happen for literally since we went to the 550 thing. Or no, probably before that, honestly. And suddenly oh, yeah. we had it. And it was like, whoa. Yes, so Josh. I, my thought is, is why was the truck race so pitiful then? Why, why, when normally yeah, the first the truck, two stages of the truck get, race were really good. But, but yeah, the, we always but, get, side, we always get single file trucks. Look at every Daytona Talladega, we get single yeah, files. There was I, single no, file. I, I get that, but the end of truck races are typically some of the most chaotic race finishes that there yeah, are. Well, you had, like, I mean, look you at had Daytona. A, you had a lap car in between them, which I don't even check, so that, that hurt it. It would have been more chaotic. Trust me. Okay. I mean, I, I'm just very curious why the truck race and just if I was to there, deliver on the same way. It, if this I was there, 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 it would have been tandeming. I would have been, been down around. Blocks, right, been you know what? Yeah. You know what, Parker? Yeah. No excuses. Why the hell yeah. weren't you there? I mean, well, you, you, do it. you practically <laughs> ruined a ton of people's Friday's night by not even being there. Well, not the race was on Saturday, so, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's besides the point. I ruined their Friday by not being there Saturday. <laughs> I was also only able to watch about the last eight laps of it on my phone in the bus at Sebring, so. Um, that's understandable. Is that a oh, good transition? Well, hold on. Before we go into that, one last thing. Um, rear tires blowing at the cup race. Um, oh, yeah. What was that about? So, I saw... Stenhouse had it was a just like the was, leaders too. Yeah, it was just the leaders and Chevys. But Stenhouse had the theory. He's like, I don't know if you know we're like you know putting more whatever on it more because we're leading. And I was like, look, I know it. I think I know what it is. You have more front downforce from your leader. You're flat out the whole time. You're definitely putting more, uh, you know, load in it. But also, I wonder if there's some weird aero stuff happening for the leader where the exhaust that's supposed to go through the you know goes through the hood vents right and the exhaust that comes out the side if it's going into the right rear tire and overheating it or something mm, that because that's you only have clean when you're the leader well there's also it's also the chevys were the chevys did they have the same uh have exhaust same placement exhaust. yeah well they all have the same so, exhaust placement but the body panel can be a little different but the yeah, i thought so, you could have a forward or rear exhaust no i think you just uh, have to have forward just forward now Oh, really? Okay, so that's different. Yeah. Oh, right. speaking mm-hmm. of like side skirt stuff, I, I'm noticing the trend keeps happening where the Xfinity uh, jack things on the left mm-hmm. side, they're getting mm-hmm. even further back this year. Mm-hmm. Do you guys know about yeah, this? They're evacu- yeah, they're evacuating the air. Yeah. Yeah, and they've been moving. They move them. Like, I mean, it depends on the track, but I noticed 
looking at a picture this weekend. Trace it was like really down. far back. You're, yeah. Yeah. You are you are referring uh, to the yes. the placement of this right here. And okay. I, just, I don't know about the, the other series, but the Xfinity, you can put it wherever you want. And okay, so really far back for like our underneath listen- the B post for our listeners. Th- I am what we're currently talking about is the cutout in the side skirt for where you insert the jack during pit stops. Yep. That can be strategically moved around. So, and what does it do? It cr- evacuates air from underneath the car, which then creates downforce similar to the design of the diffuser in the cup car. A diffuser makes the air on the bottom go faster than the top. Or I'm sorry. Makes a yeah. vacuum kind of. So it creates a vacuum, gets it out, and boom, sucks the car to the ground. So that's that under our body arrow. And so we do that on the left side to direct. You're directing the air and you're finding the spot that it sucks it out the most. So. Yeah. Anyway, I just wanted to add that. That has nothing to do with anything. But. Uh, no, it's a good point. Right, anyway, next? that was my theory on the thing. Let's move on. I mentioned it. I was at the Sebring 12 hour this weekend, guys. One of you America's I, I did most not crashes. It. Most historical endurance races in the world. It was also Super Sebring where they had the WEC, also known as WEC or World Endurance Championship, on the the day before. Mm -hmm. There was about a million cars racing there. Some of the coolest cars in the world. It's a huge party. It puts Talladega to shame, the infield Sebring. You got to go check it out. Oh, but okay. I had a lot of cool conversations. Uh, Stoffel Van Dorn got to talk to him for a while. Mercedes F1 test driver. Talked to him a bunch of times. Interviewed him. That was fun. Uh, Neil Yanni, you know. You might know that name from Porsche fame and uh, champ car and such. Talked to him for a while. That was cool. He had a great quote. He said, you know, I from driving Formula E and all this stuff. He was like, I walked down to turn one here at Sebring at night and watched qualifying because they qualified or they had a night practice. And he goes, I watched the DPI cars go through there. And he goes to turn one at Sebring. And he goes, I turned to my buddy and said, that's why I love motorsport. He was like, that is badass. These cars, I mean, turn one is one of the most committed high-speed corners in all of American road racing. It has huge Mm -hmm. bumps. It's so tough. Um, At night, it's just insane. And those cars, the DPIs, were going so fast. Sebastian Bourdais set a track record for DPIs in qualifying. Oh, wow. Which he was only, it was 128 mile per hour average lap. He was only two seconds off his lap record in a uh, LMP Peugeot 908, which had stickier tires and double the horsepower. So these DPIs have about 550. That that Peugeot had almost a thousand. And wow, he, yeah, Pugat. And he was only two seconds off that thing. So these things were flying. All the Dang. drivers were talking about it. Got to talk to Juan Pablo Montoya for a little bit. He was racing with his son. That was cool. But overall, uh, wait, Cadillac, his son? Yeah, his son, 16 years old, old Sebastian how- Montoya. No yeah. kidding. Yeah. Oh my God. Sorry. I, my, one of my very first racing experiences in person was I went to the 2013 uh, Toyota Save Mart at Sonoma. Yep. And I remember him lifting his kid up into the air Safe to well, kiss him and hug him. Well, I, I'm sh- the, the age there is, it sounds about right. But um, that's crazy. I cannot believe that the, I guess time flies. That's all. Yeah. Thank you. Well, they wrecked. Well, he would have been like wrecked into a wreck. So that's mm-hmm. okay. Well, one one wrecked into be a wreck. bummer, Parker. But hey, just real quick, finish it all off. It was a good race. It was a good competitive race amongst GT, LMP, all that stuff, and DPI. Earl Bamber and the O2 Cadillac brought it home and won it. Um, and for uh, for Chip Ganassi, and it was a cool time. So if you are a fan of racing, do yourself a favor. 
and take one time, one year and go to the Sebring 12 hour and walk around at night and the infield and watch these race cars go around and the atmosphere and everything is just awesome. And I can't recommend it enough. So check it out. Do you need to answer that? No. No? Okay. I, I got invited to Sebring, Sebring and I and I turned it down. I I turned it down because I was going to Daytona this year. So I guess got I will it. have to go to Sebring thanks to your recommendation. Check it out sometime. It's like I said, Jeremy Clarkson says that to be a gearhead, you have to have owned an Alfa Romeo. I think to say you're a race, fan, a race fan or a motorsports fan, you have to go to Sebring 12 hour one time. Just one time. Well, you I just got to do it once and I'm, then you can move on. I'm going to accept your uh, your praise of it because I, I knew some mm-hmm. sim racers that go over here. And I'm always like, what's the big deal? It's just Sebring. It's flat. Who cares? But Dude. it sounds like it's pretty epic. And the party it's a, a fantastic track. I'm not saying that. Yeah. Well, and I also, it's, well, it's, it's old. It's the oldest racing surface in the world. 80 years old, some parts of it. It's still, it's still the same surface they landed World War II planes on. But I was walking through yeah. the, or uh, Dylan Welch and I were going through the infield on Friday. And we had some time at the end of the day. And we wanted to go check everything out. And we bumped right into the CEO of Lamborghini walking around. <laughs> I was like, hey, wait, cool. see you over there, and he was just checking out the same stuff. And I was like, there was this group that had like a rooster and they had like a, a fish tank and the rooster was laying eggs. And I was like, did you get your picture of the rooster? He's like, oh, my gosh. And he like, uh, took a picture of it. So roosters funny. do not lay eggs. Thank you very well, much. Well, whatever. It was a chicken. I don't know. Something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I don't do for that. I do race cars. That information. <laughs> so anyway, uh, check it out, guys. It was cool. Any questions about Sebring? Um, how cold was it? It wasn't. It was really hot, actually. It was a thousand degrees. Really? 92 degrees. All the drivers were getting out. Oh, one more cool thing. You guys got it. I just did an AMA on uh, NASCAR Reddit, and they said, who's your hero? And I have a new hero in life. His name is Kamui Kobayashi. The guy is a total badass race car driver. True. In sports cars, he is regarded as like the the legend just so damn fast. He's been driving the 48 Ally Cadillac for uh, with Jimmy Johnson. He was in the Konica Minolta car when they won. And he's just a complete badass at Daytona. Every time he shows up, everyone's like, who's the fastest guy? Kamui Kobayashi. And in prototypes, he's just the man. He drives for Toyota in the World Endurance Championship, and he actually just got named the team principal, which is kind of funny. But Ooh. he also is the highest scoring Japanese F1 driver of all time. And he should have been an F1 and was going to be with Toyota, but then the global financial crisis happened and they pulled out. But he was going to be like Toyota's saving grace. And um, I truly believe he's one of like the, the best race car drivers I've ever seen that didn't make, you know, didn't get to stay in F1. And you, the best way to describe this is this is a guy who's made millions of dollars racing cars. His hair is like, you know, he has those blonde streaks through it, like, you know, he's bleached his hair and he's got the, he gets out of the car after doing three hours in the 90 degree heat. He raced the day before in the WEC for Toyota and the, you know, IMSA is like the car's really nice and everything, but the pits are sort of like rustic, like a, like a, like a lowly Xfinity team almost. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like they just don't put much emphasis into it. And he gets out and it's a thousand degrees and he didn't have his water bottle and he didn't have an air hose. And he's obviously like so hot and he's just dumping water on himself. Ice, he's sitting on a $25 cooler. And I'm looking over and I'm like, this is a guy that has been to Formula Formula One, has made millions. He's the top of the world in sports cars. And he's sitting on a $25 cooler in the middle of Florida 
dumping water and ice on himself. <laughs> and I was like, this is so badass. And he's got tattoos. And I was like, I want to be that guy one day. So he's so, uh, he's a badass. He's a racer. I think, a I think it's racer. important. The actual question that was asked on the AMA was, who is your man crush? And no, Parker it was, who's your answer. hero? Oh, is it Man Crush? No, oh, no, no. it was Man Crush. I'm, I'm definitely reading crush. it right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the way you describe it, that was definitely a Man Crush, not a Oh, it's just the man. So. I was like, this guy is so cool. <laughs> He's just like his, the, 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 I don't even know how to, the juxtaposition of this, of like in the WEC, it's all very clean and nice and Formula One-esque or whatever. And then IMSA is just kind of like yeah. gritty. It's the best way to describe it. And we yes, are racers. Yeah, blown up. You are and, a popular dude right now. <laughs> I wonder yeah. why. Um, he's just a racer. It's the best way to put it. Good point. All right, let's move yeah. on. IndyCar? Um, Did you guys watch yeah, this time? I uh, watched like half of it, actually. Wow. It's a big improvement from last time. Uh, Kamui, Kobayashi doesn't have a cameo. I can't, I can't get you a cameo. I'll, That'd be I'll, be, <laughs> I'll be honest. Um, I use the IndyCar race as my nap time between the F1 wow. race and the NASCAR race. So wow. I heard they were going yeah, to what? Texas. That would have been what? like that would have been like 10 a.m. for you. What are you talking about? <laughs> for the F1 race? Between the F1 race seven... and the NASCAR race? The F1 race would over the IndyCar race is on by like noon my time. Yeah, exactly. I watched Carbon the F1 9 a.m. Ra- your time. I got up very early to watch the <laughs> F1 race, like 6.45 in the morning. Naps are an afternoon it. thing. I love how no, 6.45 in the morning is early for you. I love that. Yeah, I wake up at you, 6 I work till I work till 2 a.m. trying to figure out how to put hero numbers on our website. Yeah, you didn't do it. I still can't figure it out. It is something that is plaguing me. Once I get it figured out, I will get full night's sleeps and can watch this all the motorsports on the weekends. This started on episode one, and we're in episode fifteen, and we still don't have hero numbers <laughs> on our website. We never. We just have to build a whole new website around hero numbers. We, we, I literally will just do hero numbers of eraser.com. Okay, I guess we gotta buy that domain now. Um, snap for somebody takes it. <laughs> damn it. Um. So, yeah, we'll we'll get that. Uh, but anyways, I did not watch it, but I heard. Good race. It was okay. It, oh, it was, it was good. good. Race. The race. It was yeah. a good race. Uh, it's just a shame nobody showed up to watch it. Yeah, it's a shame. It yeah, was a good all, race. There was, awesome finish. Okay, it wasn't nobody. There were twelve people there. Okay, <laughs> and one of them, one of them was our resident uh, eraser, e NASCAR Coca Cola i Racing Series photographer Dylan Nadwadney. He was at the race. Graphics guy, yeah. the yeah, best photographer yes. ever. Yeah, ever. Yeah, honestly, he, Dylan Nadwadney creative. Check him out. He, he got pictures from when he was there, and there's a couple like really, really good ones. Like, yeah, he is a sell those good. Yes. So, um, yeah. Parker, did you watch it? Uh, yes, I watched the whole you thing. Did? I, I got on my couch and I, I flew back from the sea ring. I got down, I got to my hotel at 2 a.m. I got up at 4 30 in the morning and went to my plane and flew home and watched the F1 race on F1 breakfast. And then I watched the IndyCar race. And I uh, ashamed Jack Harvey was in it. He had a, you know, was not cleared to drive after having a wreck in practice. Good buddy of mine. Sad to see that. Hopefully he has a speedy recovery. Um, but the race I thought was a very decent oval IndyCar race, which I have not always been a uh, big fan of, but I thought it was very decent or better than decent. It was an entertaining race. NBC obviously did an incredible job broadcasting it. Greatest company in the world. Um, and the whole team did an awesome job. 
And I thought, you know, the finish was cool when Joseph Newgarden makes the last lap outside pass around Scott McLaughlin, which was awesome. Um, and then Jimmy Johnson getting a sixth place yes. finish. That was huge. He was going to finish fifth, but he had to save fuel. And so Scott Dixon got back around him. But he uh, it's now opened up the flood taps of people being like, that guy could win the Indy 500. And I'm like, okay, pump the brakes a little bit. But um, pretty cool to see him finally have some success in IndyCar. So it was good. The crowd, though. Can we hold on? Yeah. Can we hold talk on. about how stupid Texas is? Well, okay. So without being mean. Okay, that came off. Not the Texas, state, the track. Yeah, no, it's not. No, that's terrible. Um. Also, the track owners are great, too. We got got an issue. We got an issue. We got an issue. Yeah, we got an issue. Because this is a track that, what, 20 years ago was a sellout of 200 and some odd thousand people. And last year at the playoff NASCAR race, I had never seen such a poor crowd in my entire life at a NASCAR Cup race. And I think the sport as a whole saw that and really was worried and said, what is going on here? You know, you guys, the tracks make the most money from the sport. They you know, are the, they're supposed to be the leaders of bringing people in on the, in that location. And there were so little people there. I, I was like, this is embarrassing. And then you looked at that IndyCar race and I don't blame IndyCar. Like, I blame this track. Like this is obviously something that is an issue that we have a sport have to understand. And I think the sport has to look itself in the eye or in the mirror real closely and say, okay, one thing we need to take from this. And I think all of them do, whether it's Form- formula one, IndyCar, NASCAR, Figure out what they're doing wrong and make sure we never do it again because something is wrong when you have all the enthusiasm around motorsports and you have a track in a hugely populated area that is having such small crowds. If it's the track's fault, like if there's something totally broken, then, you know, we got to fix it. Or, you know, there is obviously a marketing issue or something like that, but that is a big problem that needs to be fixed. And I, you know, I don't mind saying you cannot have professional race series show up to a place that has that few people show up in the stands. I'm sorry. It's just not worth it. You could tell he was adamant because he was hitting his desk and we heard it right through the microphone. Yeah, that was pretty aggressive, honestly. Yeah, that was... uh, I agree with you, though. I mean, if if we're going to a place like Texas and we can't get the the stands full and and it's a really massive market for it, maybe there is a significant problem. Now, on the contrary, let's take a look at the clash at the Coliseum. Do we need to replace the clash at or the Texas race with the clash at the Coliseum with a more Coliseum? Not. I think so. I think we should no. go to the Coliseum <laughs> 34 out of the 36 weeks. If they want to build if they want to build like an actual short track next to the Coliseum, I'm cool with that. But not the okay. Coliseum. Well, Texas has to do something, man. I mean, you know, I thought the design build, you could build two really nice short tracks. Well, I think like even if you did like go to the outside groove of that place right now in one and two and bank it five to eight more degrees than anything on the what bottom. And you have enough stupid separation between them because they built so much damn asphalt. I've never seen anything like it in my life. And you might actually have something interesting where people run the outside and make us run it in on yeah, a practice least, one day. Yeah, you'll have two huge distinctive lines. Try something crazy. You, you got nothing to lose. Well, I wrote I wrote them a letter when they were repaving that place that they tried they should have done that, and they just did the lamest thing I've seen ever. So I don't know. You you clear you are not thinking outside of the box enough. We need to bring back a figure eight racetrack. Okay. I think that is the clearest. <laughs> <laughs> Moving More figure eight racetracks. <laughs> uh, we are accepting a, a new host role on yeah. the podcast to replace yes. Josh. 
please as soon as possible. Uh, I agree, though. It's um, yes, you know. more figure eights. Thank you. I'm no, not with the figure eight. <laughs> just honestly, just skip. Just put. Just let's just go to Martinsville twice in the playoffs. Honestly, like, does anybody disagree with that? Anybody disagree with that? Yes, I no. don't think we should be going to Martinsville twice. I think we should be going to the Clash of the Coliseum once. You're not a race once. fan. <laughs> okay. okay, fine. Okay, fine. The Coliseums are short track. Fine. It, let's do it. It is. Yeah, it let's is. just spend $3 million and build the stupid thing again. One, and also, um, it, w- it made way more money in return than any silly race is ever going to make for a million dollars. It's better than the Daytona 500. Bar none. <laughs> Josh with the the war of words over here calling races oh silly. Gosh. Oh my gosh. Okay, well, what are we talking about next? I'm mad now. I think we've covered all the big stuff, the big topics. Let's sit. Do you guys have any news topics you want to jump into? Uh, yeah, actually, there is one news topic. I did bring it up last week, and I I want to bring it back only because I'm very curious on your thoughts Parker, okay. F one is reportedly going to be doing a Las Vegas race, and more details are emerging in and have emerged that this would likely be going down the main strip of Las Vegas from um, the Tropicana all the way up to the Win. Uh, I mean, I don't know about you, but I'm ready to go already. Um, yeah. So I thought. I've I've heard you know this has been going on forever. We we it was an F one race in Las Vegas. What the nineteen eighties in a parking yeah, lot, Caesar's, like, Palace, Caesar's parking. Palace. So this has always been a discussion. I think it's you know the idea of having multiple races in America has always been a discussion. Obviously, with the enthusiasm and the momentum they have right now, it's going to happen. Uh, you know that's that's going to be a cool race. I th- I don't see any reason why not. Vegas is a huge, easy destination. Everything wins when it's in Vegas. Uh, you know I don't Absolutely. care if you bring you know, tricycle racing to Vegas, you're going to have a crowd and you're going to have people show up for it. And, you know, you're going to provide a glitzy, cool show and there's going to be great ancillary things. And there's going to be great things for the sponsors and hotels. And there's gonna be awesome conventions and parties and all the things you want around a big event. So I think it's great. I think three F1 races in America will test this enthusiasm in the long run. And I hope it, uh, I hope it stays because F1 is good for, motorsports motorsports is good you know american motorsports is good for f1 and if the two if the three big ones all work together um you know this can be a win for everyone we just got to keep working together and f1 needs to listen if they put it on a damn date that conflicts with something really damn important in nascar or IndyCar, i'm gonna be pissed don't damn do that so that would be my one thing that's a lot of damn. That's going to be there. pretty unavoidable considering NASCAR yeah. races like every weekend. I, well, no, I, if, you know, if, if NASCAR, you're saying like Coke 600 or something, it's Saturday Martinsville weekend. You know, you race Saturday night. Oh, playoffs. You know, then people could, you just don't put them on the same damn day. You know, and, and to, like so, you just Talladega 500 and the, the, my, the Vegas race on the same day. That'd be a terrible Vegas race. Grand Prix. Do you think the Las Vegas Grand Prix will be Grand Prix? Uh, Grand Prix, <laughs> thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, will be a crown jewel race for for Formula Formula One. Could yeah. Be. Uh, do you? Th- I mean, do you? Th- and not maybe not to Monaco level, but like no, no, no. You Miami don't think so? Be. Miami will be not that. No. What really? Oh, okay. That is a horrible take. Who the fuck is this guy? <laughs> You think the hard, you think the parking lot of the Hard Rock 
freaking football stadiums more impressive than driving down the Las Vegas Strip in a Miami? I wow. Think, okay. I think Miami will be one of the highest grossing Formula One races in history. Well, yeah. They're trying yeah, to I bet it'd be really point. gross. It'll gross a lot of money if they're putting in a stupid I think football it'll be parking exactly lot. Like Monaco, and if they do it right, it'll be like Monaco. All right. Obviously, we need to replace Parker Kligerman. He is. Parker has this thing against <laughs> Vegas. I don't know why. He went to Vegas. He hate, like hates going to Vegas, Vegas every time he goes to Vegas. Vegas. My life brings me to Vegas all the time. And I just, uh, I, Vegas is fun. It's too much fun. It's too much things you can't say no to. And just, I think I, you enjoy know. Vegas so much that you contemplate staying every time you go. And that conflicts with you internally That's because you love it so much. <laughs> oh my gosh. I if I, said that, if I stayed there, I'd be a shell of my former self in about a week. So <laughs> you would be the hangover. Uh, well, anyway, what's wow. your news? What's your news, AJ? Uh, I actually did have news. Oh, I mean, it's not really news. Um, the, uh, SMI dude, uh, got in some hot water with a quote he had the other day mm, about okay. entertainment. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Marcus Smith, I think. Um, yep. I think my personal opinion is obviously to the teams and to many fans is not entertainment. But from NASCAR's perspective, selling tickets, and as a track perspective, selling tickets, that's the whole point. You're playing, they're playing a totally different game than what the teams are playing. Mm-hmm. Of course, I mean, everybody's trying to get the same destination, sell a bunch of tickets. The teams think, you know, you should make a racing more pure, get rid of all the gimmicks. And a lot of fans think the same way. Whereas the tracks kind of want to take a different approach where they kind of want to make it more, you know, you know, in your face action, you know. Yep craziness but i think i don't think he was saying we need to like hire john cena to come out here and start doing wrestling moves on the drivers mm-hmm. after the race mm-hmm. is over i think he's just saying you know from a track promoter's perspective you know people you know atlanta was a good move you know so i am gonna make no friends of this comment oh i agree with him and I agree with him wholeheartedly for multiple reasons. I do not believe race car drivers at the highest level of racing are race car drivers. You are entertainers. I don't believe a football player is a football player. They are an entertainer. Because sports has one goal and one goal only, and that is to entertain. So in its purest form, breaking it down, you have no, you are not solving anything. You are not creating anything. You are not accomplishing anything of value to the rest of the world, you are providing entertainment, entertainment in the yeah, chase in the chase of some sort of arbitrary goal or trophy or monetary value. So the idea that it's not entertainment is preposterous. It absolutely is entertainment. And racing has had to deal motorsports as a whole has had to deal with this, you know, this question for the last 20, 30 years as it's gotten, you know, less less relevant to car manufacturers. The sponsorship has changed as tobacco left the sport. We had to become more inventive with how we got sponsors. It's become more dependent on the TV money and the broadcast rights money. So it's therefore, different industry. what creates those things? Yeah, what hap- What you what you boiled yourself down to at the end of the day? You're an entertaining product. That's what you have to yeah. be. So absolutely, you know, I think- it's entertainment. Well, hold on, hold on. And for, even Formula One, which is so 
much been about the purity of sport for so long by just doing what they've done the last five years by taking a making a budget cap, by making a car that's far more spec across the board, trying to make parity through the sport. They have admitted that they are entertainment. So I uh Toto. I think he's entertainment. It is entertainment. So it's a motor race. Toto. It's a motor Toto. race. It's called the motor race. We I agree with you. Racing. I agree we with you. Racing. Um, I think a lot and of I'm it is also semantics. A lot of it's yeah. semantics too. Because a lot of people had the perspective online. They're like, oh, to the race team members and the people who were working really hard on these teams, not making millions of dollars like the drivers are, you know, they aren't entertainment. But at the same time, if NASCAR is getting the kind of numbers WWE is getting or professional racing or f1's getting everybody on these race teams are we making more money than what they are now but it's not even that it's you chose to work on a race you race cars like you, you yeah, you're it's a mechanic. consensual agreement to work on a race team you know you don't have yeah. to work on Think the, about race the guys team. who work on the yeah. IMSA teams for for 24 hour races and I, i've become friends with a lot of these guys and it's like they do it because they love the idea of a race car going around a racetrack and making yeah. a difference and making that thing do that like it doesn't change the game you still the fastest the car that crosses the finish line first is going to win. We don't just turn that upside down. No, like I don't care if we race on the moon or in a parking lot, we're going to get the same amount of people to watch. If, if what they want to watch is a certain type of racing, but you don't give it to them every time you give them to them just enough to keep them entertained and to stay there and watch mm-hmm. the other forms, then you've won. So yeah. I think it's not uh, like they're fixing the races. It's not like they're exactly. rigging stuff. Or go we're a not rigging stuff. You're still racing. It's still a competition. We're just trying to make it more competitive so it's fun to watch. As there's a producer that I will not name who says, when the drivers get what they want, the fans to Michael Bay. No, yeah. but this is a this is a producer yeah. in in TV who says when the drivers get what they want, the fans lose. And I actually since gone to TV agree with him. So moving I on. I mean Yep. That's uh, <laughs> Scott Kimple. I, I mean, I so many times I hear, and I'm gonna call out a lot of people here. You know, I racers say this is not real racing. This is boring. They don't have it's too much on throttle time. Not enough off throttle time. As far as I'm concerned, when a car is a second back and every single car around the track is a second, two seconds apart from each other, it sure you as a sim racer enjoy it, but. I can tell you right now, my dad literally told me on Sunday that the Atlanta race was his was his the most exciting mile and a half race he has seen in years. I and he's not a sim racer. Multiple people tell me the same thing. Multiple. So, I, I disagree with that, but okay. Well, it's you're a sim racer. And Las Vegas I, was much more enjoyable. But see, wow. it, you as a race fan, like you appreciate that. We, I had. Well, so we got to find a good balance between getting the casual there people is, in and still think, and not well, alienating our old fans. Well, but I think it's pretty simple. You have six of these. You've got six or seven road courses. I think there should be have, zero of them. I think there should just be short tracks and road courses. Well, they're gonna have. That's what it should be. Ten short tracks. If NASCAR was ten road courses and ten short tracks, you get a a shorter schedule. Everybody's happy. (laughs) You get your stupid summer break that you've been begging about. It'd be the biggest sport in the world. It would pass F1, but nobody wants to listen to me. Okay, and you all know that I'm right. Road courses and short tracks. I think the sweet spot of races is probably around 28 for NASCAR. 28 to 30, 32, somewhere around there. Probably 32. We just gotta. We haven't touched too many. Thirty-two, but no, you're right. I'll do my news now. I'm doing my news now. You want my news? Uh, This is not very happy news. It's sad news. Uh, So 
One of the most incredible MotoGP riders to watch is the six-time MotoGP world champion, Mark Marquez. And as you might know, I am now the uh, voice of MotoGP in uh, America. Um, and no, host, I don't even know what to call it. Intro person. And uh, unfortunately, he has been fighting this injury where he starts to see, and there's a name for it, like Palapia or something. I can't remember the name, but he ends up seeing double vision. And so he had a horrible wreck. I think I posted oh. on Instagram. Oh, this I did. Last week that, in yeah. Indonesia. And now it's returned. So he has to like wait to figure it out. And I was like, that is such a horrible, horrifying thing um, that I, he has this injury. He would be, I by really, now, he would be a 10 time world champion, no doubt in my mind. I, I really hope that he's able to get that sorted because you want to see the best in motorsports perform and you hate to see yeah. them get held back by something like a brain injury or something. So that's a, yeah, it's, that's a it's, shame. It's a weird deal. It's like he just starts to see uh, it's from a damaged nerve. Um, so I don't know. I mean, those motorcycle guys, though, they are the most unbelievable. Those dudes and, are you know, brave dudes. There yeah. is like, I don't know yeah. how they do it. It's, Isle of Man TT takes that and just puts it. I mean, those guys, I don't, they have a death wish, but I can't, no, I can't watch that race. I, I, I actually refuse to watch that race. Like I know a lot of people enjoy it, but I, it's yeah. too much for me. I, I went to it. I enjoy racing, but I enjoy racing knowing that everyone gets to go home to their family at the end of it. So I, uh, I actually was there. So I went to the Isle of Man in 2014 and did a piece for Jalopnik and was there for a couple of days. And on the, one of the days we were there, they had they do this thing where suddenly all the racing stops and they go, okay, we're all gonna return tomorrow at 10 a.m. Thanks for joining us. Blah blah. It's like one in the afternoon. You're like, what the heck just happened? They're like, oh, someone died. Oh, okay. Oh. And then someone died the next morning. And then yeah, oh. three people died while I was there. Three people. Yep. Crazy. Yeah, that died. doesn't that doesn't. And then you go up on the track the next day and there's chalk where they died. And I was just like, wow, this is morbid. Yeah, yeah. And they just let it keep yeah, going. Yeah, uh, I. That's wild stuff. Yeah. Where's yeah, this at? Where's Isle of Man? Isle of Man's near. It's near. It's near um, it's off like the near coast UK. of England. Right off yeah. the coast of Manchester. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I. You would think it's in I somewhere. I that would a little... be something that would be like banned. In yeah. Like, somewhere in like well, Europe or I the mean, US. I, I'm a bit of a person who says like if they want to take that risk, so be it. I, I mean, but, if you want to, it, go ahead. Yeah. But, you know, you're not allowed to jump Teslas over hills in California. either. This is actual competition. It's an actual oh, competition, not a you staged s- Tesla jump video on TikTok. <laughs> was so well, I'm just saying that. that guy consensually wanted to jump over the thing with his Tesla, but you're still not allowed to I, do it. I so in all in all fairness, I think um, I personally this this is just me. Race car drivers will do anything, anytime if it means that they get the thrill of racing out of it. Sometimes you need to step in and say, "Hey, no." We are mandating certain safety things. Unfortunately, with moto racing, there really is only so it's much very you, hard to do. you can do with that. Yeah. There, There isn't a lot of places that you can improve that. So, I mean, I understand why it happens. It's a shame. But I don't think just because they say they want to do it doesn't necessarily mean it needs to be that dangerous. So, yeah. But with MotoGP, I understand it's a, it's a crown jewel. So, and I know that the Iron Man is like their Monaco. It's that's true. Yeah, well, that's not a MotoGP race. It's, it's not a MotoGP race. It's an oh, ancillary. It's, but yeah, it's ancillary. It's but it, it's yeah. You're not. I guess see the Mark point Marquez being doing anytime soon. I don't think. Yeah. 
Do you, so. so is it open to anyone then? I'm I'm, I'm genuinely curious. The Isle, the of, Isle of Man, Man I gotta remember, but I think you have to get in. I think there are some open classes, but I also think you have. There's ways to get into the top class via winning some other road races like that, like the Northwestern GP and such or TT. Got it. Um, that you know it's big in that you know upper Ireland, you know upper Northern England area. That stuff is big. So, uh, guys. Let's uh, yeah, quickly let's jump into fantasy slash betting. Um, so we've launched a, yeah. a Formula One fantasy league this year, which you can still join, as Josh told you at the beginning. Also, we have a NASCAR league. Yeah, 42 people and, on that one. And how many NASCAR? And I think we're up to 86. And 86. We are one of the, we're one of the largest. I've actually, I think we... We may hit the max limit here very soon. So get in while you can. Eraser.gg forward slash NASCAR hyphen fantasy and be a part of it. (laughs) Type that out, please. Somebody please type that. But Eraser.gg forward slash NASCAR hyphen fantasy. It could have just done NASCAR live. Uh, Yeah, join us. It's fun. It's cool. We also have a newsletter going out with uh, all the betting and fantasy tips and our picks each week. So make sure you sign up for the Eraser uh, newsletter because that's going out every week. And um, you can you can sign up if you click on one of the news articles on our website. You'll see a little sign up button there. Yeah. Awesome. And soon you'll be able to sign Um, up. But we got to we got to talk about AJ's lineup for F1. Yeah. Okay, go. Uh, oh, man. I'm sorry, AJ. I hate to pick on you. You managed to get the least points by a wide... <laughs> he off his he quit. He quit. <laughs> I want to... I, I, let's go through this lineup, Parker, because this, yeah. this is this is hard. Um, Pure Gla- Gasly, Max Verstappen, <laughs> no. Lance Stroll, no. M- Mick Schumacher, Alex no. Albon, and his, <laughs> his manufacturer was Red Bull. <laughs> so I was looking pretty good. Up. I was looking pretty good <laughs> until good. Pierre Gasly's car broke. Of like the six <laughs> incidents in the race, I think every one of your drivers was involved in the incidents. <laughs> yeah, I think they're <laughs> all of them, other than Lance and yeah. Alex. Oh my god! Oh man, Kyle Dagger Parker, threw you... down an absolute dagger of a uh, of a score there. Just crushed us all. Yeah, his his lineup. We had Leclerc, Russell, Sainz, Bottas, and Mick Schumacher with Ferrari as his manufacturer. So that's pretty that's pretty dope. Out of the three of us, Parker did do the best. Um, you had let's hear about this lineup he refused to talk about to anyone. Um, <laughs> and it's Achilles Hill here shortly. Alex Albon, Charles Leclerc, uh, Alonzo, Hamilton, Ricardo, and Alpine as his manufacturer. Um, which Achilles heel would you like to talk about first, Parker? Yeah. Well, Ricardo was a bad choice. Yep. Could never expect Act- McLaren to be that bad. That surprised me. Uh, Alpine, yeah. I think, yeah. is actually the smartest choice because I was able to have Lewis Hamilton. And I believe Alpine is one of those things where you just, you know, they're going to be like fifth in the championship, fourth in the championship. So I just believe uh, they're a solid choice that gave me the money to have Lewis Hamilton. There you go. I love that. Um, my line, my lineup was, uh, I had Charles Leclerc, George Russell, Lando Norris, Pierre Gasly, Lance Stroll, and McLaren as my lineup. Ooh, um, yikes. I have already replaced pretty much my entire team. My Wait, entire you team. It? Yes. 
Oh, you can change it. But but you get a points penalty. So I'm taking points penalties oh, just to change everything out cool. right now. I kind of like so that. You get, you <laughs> get up to three changes for oh, free. I would not change I, it now. I would wait. Oh, no, I'm Oh, you get three it. of them for free? So it's like it's like you're changing a power unit? That's that's pretty yeah. funny. Well, you, uh, per, yeah. per race weekend, you can change three of your your or your your team. You can go oh. up to six. You can, you can cycle everything out if you'd like. But um, anything over three, you start to get a points penalty. So I'm going to take a points wow. penalty. Um, I just figure I'll take the grid pace penalty, and I'm gonna I'm gonna restart my team with the uh, with the post Bahrain. So guys, this has been fun. Let's get Join the our heck out of here. Let's get out of here. I got to go eat some dinner. I got a big weekend coming up, racing trucks at Coda, and seems like I will be racing something else. Stay tuned. Can't announce it yet. What? Yeah. 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 F1? He's replacing. You're, going, Whoa, you're testing what? an no F1 way. car? No, he's racing an F1 car. Oh, uh, my gosh. Whatever they're racing at, Cheddar. They're going <laughs> to replace Daniel. They're going to replace Daniel. Why in private jet? Oh, my goodness gracious. Um, <laughs> Bye, can, I get a, can I get a hot pass, Parker? Bye. Hot pass, Parker. <laughs>